Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. My name is Molly Silva and as always, I am joined by my fully sick co-host. Is that what you came up with? Yes. All day (laughs) and that's what you came up with? That's what I came up with. My fully sick co-host, Keely Lira Silva. I mean, I don't mind it. Yeah, thank you. And... All the way in Queensland today, Georgia Moore. Georgia, I just realised I don't know your middle name. Let's keep it that way. Oh, okay. I'll call you jo- Georgia Ron Moore because of your nickname. <laughs> Girls, to kick us off, as always, how was everyone's week? Uh, my week was really good. <laughs> it was busy, as always. Um, snuck in some sleep somewhere, but it was really good. Nice. Georgia, yours, I mean, admittedly, Bit of a tough go. Lucky you are in the Sunshine State because, unfortunately, in our hearts go out to our our brethren south of the border. Tough times once again. How are you going, Georgia? Yeah, good. Been a uh, very chaotic week, to say the least. I mentioned on the episode last week that I had a wedding over the weekend. Congrats to Dim and Mitch, who got hitched, which was phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, very chaotic. Big shout out to all the Victorian friends and fam. Another rough week for everyone down there. Um, I did manage to escape just in time. So I am currently on Victoria lockdown in Brisbane. So um, up here at my sister's place, still in lockdown though. So a bit chaotic, but good. Grateful to be up here. It's much warmer weather here than it is down there at the moment. So not too much to complain about. Um, my week was really great as well. We've got some – Keels and I have got some good stories <laughs> for this week that um, I'll leave for a little bit later. Bit of a laugh. Bit of a laugh, as always. But right now we've got um, our newest segment, if you listened to <laughs> last week. Here it is. Feedback feels with Keels. I didn't know if I had to introduce it again. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, you yeah, didn't cool. laugh that time. I was impressed. Yeah, I was switched on for that one. <laughs> All right, Keels, what's the feedback? Um, so every week, yeah, if you're, you're new to the potty, I, I do a little segment of feedback. Uh, I've got a few this week. I've actually got a funny one. I haven't even told G yet. Um, her face will say it all when I say it. <laughs> uh, so in general, over the weekend, I uh, was out Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, just quietly. Ooh, okay, but yeah. I drove Friday and Saturday night, so it doesn't count. Anyways, um, and I had uh, quite a few people come up to me to talk about the podcast and say that we were doing a great job and they were love listening. Um, they were loving to listen and majority of them boys. So there's like two girls that came up to me who I'm friends with, but the rest were all boys, which I just good to note. Um, we're, we are still targeting everyone, all the genders, <laughs> which is great. Um, <laughs> Queen of equality, Keely. So yes, yes, always. Uh, there's two boys in particular that we're going to chat about in a moment um, <laughs> that we'll save, but they deserve their own shout-outs. Uh, and the other one that I had, this is directed at UG. I had three people ask me on the weekend if you and Cooper Johns were dating. Um, <laughs> and, I, yeah, her face says it all. And I did. I laughed at the same. And I was like... No. Okay, first of all, do, do any of you listen to the podcast? How many times do we have to say housemate, her housemate Cooper? Just to clarify, G lives with Harry Grant and Cooper Johns, three best mates, three housemates, period, done. That's it. Mates, mates. Mates. Anyway, that was a funny one. And the last thing we have is actually a question that we got 
through um, our little listener feedback on the Instagram page. And it was, what do we all do for full-time work outside of the podcast? So that question came in from Doris Siruha. Sorry, I'm definitely saying that wrong. But um, Anyway, great question. Great question, Doris. So I'll start. Yep. Uh, so this is my first year out of university and I'm a physiotherapist. Uh, so I work at a private clinic, um, sometimes casually at the hospital, and I also physio for the Harvey Norman Women's Rugby League team uh, for the Sharks, so the girls. And I do some other stuff, but it's irrelevant. Yep. I'm just busy. And <laughs> Keely's is the most straightforward job to explain, isn't it, Georgia? Yes, Keely's is the most straightforward job to explain. I never know how to answer when people ask me. But before I talk about my job, I just want to clarify one thing really quickly. Not only am I not dating Cooper, she's singles, ladies and gents. <laughs> um, what do I do for a day job? Uh, oh, let's do it like in 10, five words or less. I work at a law firm in uh, team management, more or less. In a law firm, not a lawyer. Absolutely not a lawyer. Don't know who has patience to study for that long or read that much. First of all, not me. Uh, but yes, that's what I do in a nutshell. And for me... Yeah, yours is actually ridiculous. I had someone ask me today what you did. And what did you say? Yeah, you know, um, she's really busy. She does like heaps of stuff. By trade, she's a writer. That was what I said. I'm not even kidding. And they were like, oh, cool. And I'm like, she freelances. That's all I got out because I was like, it's a lot. I mean, that's pretty accurate. Like I, yeah. But usually it's like, oh, she's really busy. She does a lot. (laughs) So my background is like I'm a writer and I essentially in communications I have a few clients that I freelance for do some writing for and that's like from social media content to I was gonna say from that you've done social media stuff yeah Yeah. a lot of social media stuff also do a bit of consulting and yes stuff in the non-profit space uh and this kind of stuff so it it's a thing it doesn't really have a title I work for myself I'm a great (laughs) boss to myself that's about it I'm also going to be a teacher in the future I forgot to add Oh, yeah, she's also studying again because she's weird. I'm a psycho. Anyway, um, and then I have one more, just a little honourable mention. Go on. And, that's, and then that's the end of my segment. Thanks. That's right. Um, I just wanted to give a massive shout-out to our mate, Nico Hines. Um, it only got announced like an hour ago. We're recording. It's Tuesday night. And he just um, signed with Cronulla. And that's God's country because that's where we live. And George is crying. George is really sad. But, like, I mean, it's a loss for G, but it's a gain yeah. for us. <laughs> And, it's a game for and, the and and to be fair, we're one team. So we, when one lo- loses, we all win. I don't know. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Well, whatever. <laughs> Congratulations. It's a win Nico. for us, but congrats, Nico. We love you. I am really happy for him because I know the negotiations have been like exhausting to say the least. All righty. You know what time it is. You're the real MVP. Now it's time for MVPs, which is a segment where we each give someone or something our personal MVP title for something they've done that has brought us a bit of joy this week. G Moore, do you want to kick us off? Who's your MVP? Well, I was going to, I feel like it's been a Cooper Johns heavy beginning of the episode and I don't want to give him too much credit. But he was going to be my MVP. Uh, I have a younger cousin up here in Brisbane who is a, a big fan of Cooper, to say the least. And on 
uh, last Thursday night at the game, both my housemates actually, Harry and Cooper, both went well out of their way to make Sam stay and get some pics with him. And um, they're obviously Storm Guy's pretty popular up here in Queensland, so there's a lot of people screaming and shouting, and they made time for him and made Sam feel really special. His mum messaged me tonight, being like, "He went to school feeling ten foot tall on Friday after meeting the boys." So bless. I know I give, I don't love giving them credit, but it's very sweet. So yeah. They're my MVPs. And he scored his first try. So, like, just great game all round. That's probably a very important part. He'd be mad if I missed that. So, congrats to Cooper. Won't lie. Missing them a bit. It's been three weeks now. The housemates have been separated. So, maybe maybe that's fogging my vision of how much I like the dude. But, yeah. That's really beautiful. And, yeah, congrats to Cooper. Yeah, go Cooper. We, we, we may or may not have screamed the house down. Yeah. Gilly was in the middle of telling me something and half watching the TV and she just all of a sudden went "Ah!" and started screaming at the TV. I was like, what, what? And then I realised. I'm like pointing at the TV. Like, watch the TV. (laughs) Oh, stoked. So good, so good. Um, I have to listen to the family podcast, the John's family podcast. We've got to listen to what they say about it. Yeah. Well, Coop wasn't on last week's app. Yeah, I can imagine they recorded and did it this week, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be goody. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Also, just off the back of that, because we're on some John's chat, met Jack John's last week, finally, in real life. What a time. What a man. Um, that's brother of Cooper John's son of Matt and Jude. Yeah, <laughs> son of Matt and Jude. He said to me, he's I mean, first the of all, man. Yeah, first of all, he called me Keely. <laughs> yes. And I was like, okay, Cooper. Um, no, he was really lovely. And... Um, he said, Jeezy gets a lot of airtime on the podcast. And I was like, oh, yep. But that's because he's around. That's why. And I felt like I had to name Jack because I felt bad that we weren't giving equal John's mentions. Yeah. Well, we have to get Jack on then. Yeah, we have to get Jack on. Yeah, we'll get Jack on. Speaking of, Jack is making his night's debut this weekend. So go well, Jack. We're, we're rooting for you. How cool to have a John's back playing for the nights, right? Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's going to go off, actually. That's yeah, so fun. That's mad. Yeah, Jack, you're legend. All right. Now we're on some Newcastle chat, Keely. Who's your MVP? Oh, here we go. So <laughs> my MVP, and as always, I will have a little story to go behind it, is um, Sunday nights in Newcastle. That's my MVP. As a concept. Yes, as a concept. Uh, so we went to the Knights game Sunday afternoon, which was great. They got the win, um, which was really exciting, obviously, behind Indigenous Round and all the stuff that you and Connor were doing with Cultural Choice. Um, you as in Marley. I'm pointing That's to me. Marley. That's me and Connor as in Connor Watson. Yes. Sorry. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Anyway, so Connor and Marley did that. Yeah. And then we got to – we went to have some bevies and we um, went to the Prince, which is really cool. If you go to Newcastle, go to the Prince pub. It's really fun. Uh, and then Marley and I went to the Cambridge Um Go to the Cambridge. If you're going to do anything when you go to Newcastle, go to the Cambridge. It's so good. What do they call it? The Cambo. 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 Go to the Cambo. It's dirty and I love it. Oh, so dirty, but like such fun sing-alongs. It was packed. For a Sunday. And the dance hall was going off. Hectic tunes. We may or may not have got a little bit intoxicated. I would say more than a little. But close at like 12.30. Close at 12. Did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. 12. I looked Uh, up. (laughs) Right. And then... I mean, we had a fun walk home. It was great. We were a bit dusty. Keely found a hat. I found a hat. It was exciting. But it was so fun. So shout out to Newcastle again. That's all. Um, did you- oh, the two boys. Yeah, I was oh, like, oh, my, oh God. my God. That is sorry. not the, that's sorry, not sorry, the sorry, main sorry, MVP. Sorry. So the main MVP within this story are <laughs> two boys who um, separate humans don't know each other. I don't know their names. 
I know that Kurt. I know Kurt. First was Kurt. Kurt, but I don't know. The, the second one spoke to you, so I don't know. I have no idea. Good on you. You should have introduced yourself. Anyway. Um, Gee, this was amazing. I wish you were there. <laughs> it was so funny. So shout out to Kurt. Um, he did give the potty a follow as well. Anyway, <laughs> he like kind of stopped and like looked at Marley and then looked at me and was like, chicks and balls. And we were like, what? And he's like, chicks, chicks and balls. balls. And I kid you not, it was like we just scored the winning try of the grand final. We got around <laughs> these kids. I was going, yeah. We were jumping up and down, picking him up. It was hectic. And then, um, and then he looked at me and he's like, Keely. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know that. And I'm like, who are you? Anyway, it turns out he plays touch footy. So in the touch football world as well. But what a legend came up to us. And made honestly, our nights. We, were, <laughs> we were going off. Like, and it was I so exciting. Like, I think it's just we weren't expecting this and it's weird. Like, I yeah. think it's a weird feeling. If it's ever happened to you, you'll understand. Um, if you're a really big deal, you're probably over that stage by now. <laughs> but for us, we were like, what? And I was like, Ugh. anyway, you tell it. Yeah. So then the second guy, this was later on, maybe, maybe like an hour later. It wasn't – you reckon it was close. I don't reckon. I reckon you were in drunk time. I reckon it was late. Yeah, I, honestly, I was very drunk. Anyway, I, I think it was like an hour later. This other guy – like I was kind of dancing near us and then he looked, was looking at us for a while. I didn't see him because he spoke to you. I didn't speak to him. We were being looked at because there were other people around us who were much bigger deals than us. And the guy looked at, and I think they were kind of going, who are these chicks? Yeah. And then the guy was looking long enough for then to go light bulb. And he, he, I saw him looking at us. So I like made eye contact and I was like, it's doing bro. And he <laughs> was like, I've just put two and two together. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, chicks and balls. And I was like, very excited again, jumping up and down. Yeah. You hugged. You guys hugged. And we hugged. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty cool. Those so, guys were legit. Like, honestly, like, we'll take the piss and, like, be like, oh, it was a bit shame and whatever. You kind of go. Nah, but they were legends and then we're all dancing and it was a fun time. It was such a good time. The Cambridge is really, really good. And off the back of that, my MVP. Yeah, I was about to leave. <laughs> my MVP is Keely drunk, right? <laughs> because This is good Keely- feedback because... Yeah, if people see me out drunk, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've been thinking about, we talk about alcohol a lot on this podcast. Like, yeah, who cares? That's no, just, no, no. I was just going to say. Real talk. Alcohol companies should sponsor us. <gasps> it would align. It would align nicely. Like a seltzer Seltzer. Company. I was going to yeah, say seltzer. seltzer. <laughs> um, so, Keely drunk, right? So, we're at the Cambridge having a really great time. So, two things that Keely did drunk that made me really proud as an older sister. <laughs> I'm, the first one I'm going to tell you happened second but it's important for me to tell it first yeah okay. so very close to the close of the cambridge um <laughs> Keely looks at me just this overwhelming something's <laughs> taken over her body and you know i did a bit of self-thought and went yeah i should do this yes. before i addressed you anyway go on. she looks at me and she goes should i stage dive <laughs> Dead serious. Dead serious. Should I stage dive? And a part of me went, logistically, I don't know how this is going to happen. But I just said, yeah, do it. <laughs> and I didn't know what she was actually going to do. But there was like a group of boys. It was one of them was the, the second one. Oh, okay. The yeah. second one who said chicks and balls. Yeah. So Kelly was really utilizing our 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> she goes to this group of boys. Okay. I couldn't even hear what you were saying. I'm pretty sure I just see you like gathering them going, can you catch me? Then she stands up on the railing on the side of the dance floor. (laughs) And then I'm just like watching her jump in the air (laughs) to be caught by these random dudes. It's like, that was unsafe. Like, but it was so amazing. It was really wow. I appreciate that. I've never, I've never seen someone just do that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. That was really cool. Maybe it'll be a thing. Who knows? But. 
the icing on the cake that actually happened first. And honestly, I haven't stopped thinking about it. She's only told it like the whole family. Because it's hilarious. So, um, yeah, as we said, lots of great tunes were going on. And um, that's Rockstar Rockstar by DaBaby, which was a very big song on TikTok, if you do remember, (laughs) um, during lockdown. Came on. Keely's Keely's very into her TikTok. Silver's better than gold. I love it. I love it. Um, And she loves the little dances and that. So she starts doing the dance straight away. Loving it. Um, And someone says. No. Yeah. Okay. Was it Jaden? Yeah. Jaden Brails is like, oh, where's Kaylin when you need him? Because if, if you are a TikTok person, um, Kaylin Ponger, uh, fullback for the Knights, ha- did this dance and it went very viral, if I'm not mistaken, when he did it. Yes. And, of course, Keely turns around <laughs> and, like she said, he, oh, Kaylin was sober, wasn't drinking. Yeah, he was sober. Good sport. have to say, great sport. Oh, yeah. Mind you, is that the first time you've properly met him? Second. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're not. We're not. No, I would, we're, we're I would not say co- now maybe friends of the show. Yeah. But, but well, not before we're this. Not. No. Keely, just <laughs> no shame, turns around, points across the dance floor, goes, Kaylin! <laughs> and does the dance to him, and he did it back. Yeah. And it was a, it was a moment. Yeah. And it was. And then just, he came over, and then he, he, they were, we were all doing it. It's really? So I cool. don't remember that. Yeah. But that bit was really clear to me in yeah. my mind. I just thought, wow, that's a person you don't really know. And you just yeah, but that's because me, Brails, and Connor would talk. They started doing it. They yeah, no, but it, it was just that you just screamed across the dance floor. It was brilliant. Yeah, but it, he can dance when he's sober, man. He can dance. I'm not that surprised. He did the TikTok sober. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, in general. Yeah. Well, anyway, we had a really great time in Newcastle. One, I have one pit. I have one pit. The Monday morning. I have to be honest with you. Oh, I did not stop feeling hungover. Until I went to the gym tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday night. It's because you're a because I am old. Aussie. I'm old. You're you know what? I got, I've had you know. I turned twenty five last that year. Old. No, no. This this is a real turning point in my sense of my. Marley's age. already moved so spiritually, emotionally to Newcastle. I mean, yes. One, yes. I was more talking about me feeling a hungover day two. Oh, right. That this is not. This is a new experience for me. Yeah, um, okay. I'm used to the grey hair. I'm used to having to wear glasses at night, but day two of a hangover. I, I think it was just a mentality of being hungover. And you know what? Head. You know what I think? A lot of head noise on it. You know what I think? I think you should put a mirror at the end of your bed and, and wake, wake up, up to yourself. yourself. That's what I think. Touchdown! And this brings us to a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into some of the headlines that we just can't get out of our minds from sports media throughout the past week. And Moore has a very topical one that a lot of listeners asked us to talk about in the little question box we put up on the Insta story. So, G, take it away. Yeah, so I think in news surprising no one, we're going to have a chat about the Naomi Osaka saga that is going down in the tennis world at the moment. Funnily enough, we'd been chatting about it back and forth, well, since last week, really, uh, when she first made the announcement and then Trace, good old mum, texts me tonight at about 7pm and goes, are you going to talk about Naomi Osaka on the podcast this week? (laughs) So yes, Trace, we are. Um, A bit of background for those who don't know. So it is uh, Tuesday the 1st of June when we're recording this. So 
All these dates are in Australian time. Last week on Thursday, the 27th of May, Osaka posts a since-deleted Instagram announcing that she will not do media at the French Open, citing mental health concerns as a reason, um, and paired the statement with a few really impactful videos, one of a very young Serena Williams and her confidence as a young tennis player being questioned by the media. Um, Naturally, this struck up lots of conversation in the sports world. Um, Over the weekend, then the French Open came out and the Tennis Federation came out announcing a $15,000 fine for her media boycott and cited that she's not fulfilling contractual obligations in participating in the Open. And Asaka said she's happy to pay the fine and that she hopes the profits go to a charitable mental health support organisation. Today, on the day of recording, Australian time, Naomi posted a statement via Instagram again stating that she will withdraw from the French Open, citing that she never wanted to be a distraction. She has been fighting an ongoing battle with her own mental health and would never want to trivialise the terms around it and that she hopes to work with the four majors and other tournaments moving forward to find um, a way that it can best suit everyone involved in the sport. Um, so needless to say, plenty of people have spoken out. ABC reporter Dean Stephen posted a video of Osaka back in 2018 at a press conference and it was pretty concerning. She really struggles to answer questions after a loss and just keeps going back to how much she's struggling with depression at the time. Flurry of athletes worldwide responded, including but not limited to Venus Williams, Usain Bolt, Coco Graf, I think you pronounce her surname. Sorry if I got that wrong. And Sloane Stevens, who are also tennis players. Aussie basketball player Liz Cambridge came out via Twitter saying it's time to start uh, protecting those athletes who don't want to speak. Let their game speak for them. Steph Curry, I wasn't going to let an episode go away without quoting him, said he said, you shouldn't ever have to make a decision like this, but so damn impressive taking the high road when the powers that be don't protect their own. And a sports commentator, Russ McLaughlin, came on Twitter saying all four Grand Slam directors publicly threatened Naomi's career for not doing press conferences, that doing the puppet theatre is more important to them than top athletes playing the game itself. Since then, Osaka has been trending number one on Twitter worldwide for over 24 hours, and she's currently the highest earning female athlete in the world. The Toronto Star reported that she is leading the marketing boom for female athletes, and she's doing it her own way. So throughout all of this, Osaka has said that anger is just a lack of understanding and change makes people uncomfortable. And then once she finally withdrew, not finally, I shouldn't say, but after all the chaos and she withdrew, she said, I'm not a natural public speaker and I get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. So as you can imagine, it's caused quite the stir. There's been a bit of gross commentary coming out Um, Piers Morgan said that she was playing their mental health card, which is just gross. Not that he ever says anything that isn't gross. Um, And the immediate blame shifting, uh, Osaka came out saying that her struggle with mental health really kicked off in 2018. And I found it so interesting that immediately the media tried to pin it on Serena Williams, saying that the controversy surrounding the US Open final is to blame for her immediate, for her more rapid decline in mental health following that Open in 2018 so it's just busted open a conversation that we've already been having quite a bit lately about athletes mental health and this one has sort of taken a much larger turn on probably the world's media stage rather than social media um i just think like common sense man what since when do we 
joke about mental health. Not that the joke, but like, you know, play it down and say, well, just because you say that doesn't mean it counts. And also backing all the sports players who have said stuff on social media and called called it out because I think it's important if the media is going to turn on you, at least as professional athletes, they can stick together. I think that's super important. Um, and I agree with the quote, let the let their game speak for them. Like not everyone who plays sport is going to be good at public speaking. Like I back that. I don't know. I just think she's handled it in such a real, like such a good way and she's been super professional about it and um, like, you know, really tasteful in her replies to all the angry and gross things. And I think that it takes a lot of guts. Anyone who's um, knows someone who suffered from mental health or suffered from mental health um, knows how hard it is to talk about it and be open. But on a world stage, my goodness, how brave. And for her to actually sit there and say, I'm going to protect myself and, and withdraw, I, I respect her so much. I already – like, we already loved her. She's great. Everything she does is great, but – um, yeah, my heart goes out to her. I feel bad, man. I think that the the way that she's handled herself and the, and the two statements she's released are so professional and, and incredible and so brave. There's also a level of a sense of defeatedness that yeah. I feel in the what's happened and that's what upsets me because I can almost imagine her kind of just being like, oh, what's the point? It's like, oh, what, so why sad. did I even try? Yeah. Like, why did I even try and have this conversation? And like try and do the right thing exactly. by everyone. And that's what's the ridiculous because at the end of the day, a professional athlete is someone who is in the public eye because of their physical ability to – compete at the top level of whatever their chosen sport is. It's not because they're an entertainer that we get to, you know, pick and hear from all, all the time. Like yeah. there are some who are like that. There are some athletes who are absolutely phenomenal and thrive in front of the camera and that's great. And more and power to them. And that's why they have opportunities where they get more to do that. But I don't think it should be part of the expectation. I understand and I think it's stupid and it, sh- it shouldn't be. A requirement, but obviously there is that contractual element of, of being part of these opens where they can give out those fines and this sort of stuff. But the pressure from the rest of the world to to comment on the fact that she doesn't want to talk to media, like I don't understand why that impacts anyone. Yeah, like who cares? Who, who cares? And literally, they have they roll them anything. out and they roll them out in these press conferences just after they've lost and ask them a million questions and use a fifteen second grab for a, a news piece, and it's they don't think about you know, what impact that has on that individual. I I don't get it. I don't understand why people get offended. Like I've seen like gross comments that are about like, oh, toughen up. This is the the woke generation. They're all soft and blah, blah, blah. They can't do this. And, and the you know, I mean, no surprises there, G, when you say that Piers Morgan said playing the mental health card. He really loves to attack women of colour in particular, especially when they do this. He did the same thing to Megan. You know, this is, this is, it's the same dickheads. Yeah, right. Say it. Yeah, same dickheads who say who rear their ugly heads every time this sort of stuff happens, and they're the older generation, and then you know they can't handle the fact that our generation who's coming through don't want to carry our trauma around or re-traumatize ourselves when we're struggling with mental health, and so we're being proactive about it. We across the globe have um, such. Uh, an epidemic when it comes to mental ill health and suicide so that's why we need to talk about it we talk about it all the time and that's why it's important to have public facing role models talk about it as well yeah on that like it was only earlier this year that Piers Morgan walked off set on his own tv show after someone started criticizing him for about 15 seconds he'd had enough and walked off so I'm like how can you 
say that and be like, oh, well, I just don't want to be criticised in front of everyone, blah, 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 and walk off like he did and then expect her to be wheeled out after every game and sit and be a target for these questions. Look, I think none of us here are silly enough to not acknowledge the fact that sports as a whole and athletes survive on sponsorship and viewership and that revenue comes from exposure and exposure comes from media. So, like, we're not saying that it shouldn't exist. It should. It has to. It's part of the coexistence of how sports works worldwide. But there has to be a happy medium. You can't have – well, the bottom line is – Now the best tennis player in the world at the moment isn't playing at one of the four major Opens because they couldn't come to an agreement and because she felt so uncomfortable about the world's reaction to this. So I think a lot of sports are just going to have to start realising that times have changed and athletes are going to start making decisions to protect themselves and if they want them there, they need to find a middle ground where you know the sponsorships contracts are getting fulfilled and the athletes feel protected by it. I think what you said about... Um, media taking a 15-second clip. The most perfect example I saw today. They've had some massive issues in the NBA over the past week or so in playoffs with fans running on courts and throwing things at players and sort of like it's really weird how they've, you know, suddenly been invited back to arenas in the States and have forgotten how to act. And uh, Kevin Durant came out uh, with a huge statement about how you know, he loves that fans are back, but the players are really struggling with the abuse at the moment and this and that. And they'd won the game. So basically what he said was like, we've got the job done. Hopefully we don't have to come back here and play again. Being like, we've won enough games we can advance. If we win the next one at our home, we don't need to travel to an away game again. And the media have taken that clip and turned it into him saying like, hopefully we never have to see these fans again sort of thing and being like, oh, how dare he fans are what make the game go round and stuff. And it's just so out of context, but I think they're just going to start realising that if they can't find a middle ground to support athletes and those involved in the sport and, you know, keep sponsors happy, like get a bit creative. Something's got to give. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like there's something, there's something in the water at the moment with like the toxicity of fans. I don't know if it's because you know, the state of the world, everyone's under more pressure and um, it becomes harder to look at people who, from an outsider's perspective, live this amazing life that isn't impacted by COVID and the ways that sport has been, you know, seemingly prioritised. They're expecting perfection. Yeah, or, you know, sport has been prioritised in the COVID situation in in most parts of the world, right? You know, take Tokyo, for example, um, and the fact that, you know, sport was the first thing to kind of come back to normal. So I think that there is this like extra level of tension when it comes to fans. I don't think the media helps. I think exactly what G was just saying, that that, that kind of manipulation of stuff, because again, we've talked about this before, they just want the clickbait headlines. But another story in an Australian context that's literally just happened um, overnight as well, Joe Harton, who is the shooter and co-captain of the GWS Giants and the Suncorp Super Netball, she copped some vile messages from a very young fan in her DMs, being calling her a pig and saying she was terrible because the Giants lost by one um, to the Perth Fever uh, last night, Monday night. And they've had a, such a horrid week anyway, being stuck in um, – potentially having to quarantine in Perth and like all this crazy stuff and that just all this dramas for them. And um, one of their key players had to come home because she had a baby. Anyway, big dramas. We spoke about it a bit on the Instagram page over the weekend as well as it broke. 
Um, but I think that there is, you know, so much tension and understandably so much, I don't know, unknown in our everyday lives because of what we've seen in the last 12 to 18 months that people are really angry and they like to send it out to people who they think have a much better life than them because it makes them feel better for whatever reason, right? And it just feels like there's such intensity around trolling and and all this sort of stuff around athletes and, I mean, I just – everyone should be allowed to kind of do their job and – finish the day and be safe and feel happy in themselves and not feel like they're going to be attacked in, you know, online. Or and she's or also a legend. Joe, She's a legend, man. Also and killer nipple. Huh? Yeah, freak of nature. Uh, but good on her. And, that, and even in the article that the Giants wrote, Giants got behind her straight away. They're a great yeah. club anyway, um, which I can only imagine all the netball clubs would have done that. But she, in the article, um, they just said that, She's really adamant on calling it out straight away, yeah. um, which, you know, lucky. And they even said, uh, I'm not sure of the direct quote, but lucky she's the kind of player who will probably be like be able to dismiss this over the next few days and, and move on because she um, has that per- kind of personality, which not everyone um, does. But they were more like she's called it out again and she's not afraid to and will be behind her every step of the way. So I think um, it does help. I don't know – how we're going to avoid this in the future. I think this is – it's not part of the job. It's not something that needs to be accepted, but I think it's something that will continue, unfortunately. Um, But I love seeing the clubs and the netball and everyone get around her as well. I think part of the solution is enabling and empowering the biggest athletes in the world like Naomi Osaka to say, hey, guys, I'm taking a mental health break because – I need to look after myself and all the and pressure everyone going, from the yeah, mainstream sweet, media. Man. Yeah, and from the mainstream media and fans and whatever else she cops because I'm sure she copped a lot when she did a lot of the Black Lives Matter um, protesting that she did across the f- four majors last year as well. Um, and everyone turning around and saying, you, you know, know what? Yeah, you lo- look after we yourself. We you can't wait to see you back. Because we love watching you on the court and you're the best when you're happy. Yeah. And, you know, you should be the case for... for yeah, you're anyway. right. They've got to set the standards high from where it starts, hey? 100% ridiculous it's just the same old story like we love you know being up in arms about her taking a break like this and then when an athlete turns to alcoholism or drugs or you know worse yet suicide and suddenly everyone loves them and we didn't pay enough attention and we should have listened and all those things so I just think that you know a lot of these really big corporations are going to have to like Keely said, put a mirror at the end of their beds and wake up to themselves, but just start making some decisions surrounding the players as humans because, you know, there'll be more. Like I think Naomi has just set a really strong precedent and if you want the best players attending your events and playing and performing and presenting to media, then there just needs to be protections in place. The next story we want to talk about is the NRL state of origin. So uh, it's mate versus mate, state versus state. There's teams selected from New South Wales and Queensland. They play three games every year and, um, you know, winner takes all pretty much. It gets very competitive, very heated in many households within many friendship groups. It's a great time of year, really. Um, it's what Aussies love, right? Uh, so this week um, it was an originally game one, which is scheduled for next Wednesday 
can't remember the date. I think it's the 9th of June. Uh, and it's scheduled for next week. It was originally going to be in Melbourne, Victoria. Obviously, um, sadly, with all the COVID things, they've, they've had to make changes. There was discussions that it was going to be on a neutral home ground, which Marley and I were selfishly like, yeah, make it Canberra so we can go. Uh, unfortunately, they decided to uh, chuck it up to Townsville. So it'll be played in Townsville next Wednesday night in Queensland. Now, there's been a lot of discussion um, on our mates, NRO Rose and Bloke in a Bar. They've put up some polls kind of saying, oh, is this going to advantage uh, Queensland having that first and second game in Queensland? Isn't that right? Yep. Yeah. Game one and game two, both in Queensland, uh, Townsville and Brizzy. Um, and so we threw out some what the, uh, what the listeners wanted to hear this week and they, they wanted to know what our, what our thoughts on the origin location change. Do yep. we think it's going to be an advantage for the Queenslanders? We also put a poll up and overwhelmingly people were like, yes, yes. it's going to be an advantage. Yes. Yeah. Or unfair disadvantage. Yeah. So, yeah, what do we think? What do you think, G Moore, as a, as a Queenslander, what are your thoughts on two games in the Sunshine State? Yeah, I um, oh, I'm a bit of an annoying person to ask about this because obviously, as a Queenslander, I'm stoked. I think that Towns will definitely deserve an origin. Do I think it's a disadvantage to New South Wales? Absolutely. Do I think it should have been held in a neutral location? One hundred percent. No Queenslanders will be off me for saying that. Like, I'm not mad that we're going to have two games. I think it's a massive advantage, and Townsville is like heartland of rugby league you think like JT is like iconic Queensland so like they're going to turn out and it's going to be an insane home game and I think it's going to delightfully benefit Queensland wonderfully but do I think it's unfair yeah am I mad about it no (laughs) Keely Silver I know we have differing perspectives on this yeah we do um yours is stupid no (laughs) I agree somewhat with yours anyway um I agree with G it is such a disadvantage to New South Wales slash advantage for Queensland because, I don't know, for those who have just played with little small home ground advantages, it makes such a difference. And, like, you don't um, – this doesn't happen often and it's not the case, but, it can, like, you know, you can make little um, connections, but it can also push the referees. Like, they're, getting, they're copping a lot of cheers and boos from the crowd and – it G's you up. If I mean, depending on what kind of player you are, I'm sure if you're getting booed, it could fire you up as well. Uh, but big home ground advantage, massive for Queensland, I think, 100, 110%. So it should have been neutral. Yeah, I totally agree. My differing perspective, though, is like if you're going to win, you're going to win. Which I agree with. It, at the end of the day, if you're the better team, it's irrelevant, but it's also a big mental like you got it's a mindset it's a massive mindset and I think I've never been in an origin camp so wouldn't have a clue (laughs) but um I think just my personal opinion um the week camp obviously lucky that the boys have already got combos and most of them have already played together anyway but you if you can gel like hectic and have a mad culture straight away then 100% I don't know the behind the scenes if I knew the behind the scenes then I could make a better comment if that's going to be the case for New South Wales but yeah you it's that's the it's the other stuff it's not even the footy they're all heck like they're all mad players but they're the best of the best right but far but out. this is the thing and Queensland's always been renowned for its culture my point being if it was three games in New South Wales you still think Queensland will win and I'm a staunch blue supporter right I am not being a pessimist but I think after last year and the whole media debacle which honestly i think was why we lost because because it was the worst team queensland had ever had right worst team queensland ever had that carry on biggest mistake that we've made 
right? That holding on to that, everyone having a laugh, blah blah blah. They came out and win, and they shouldn't have been in it at all. I think that they will, the Maroons will be riding off that and taking full advantage of like you doubted us before and we beat you and like. Do you, you know, know that happened to Mark Coyne's team? That's what in Coyne's team. So anyone who's not a Queenslander or not an NRL fan, look up Mark Coyne's miracle try. try. Shout out to the Coyne family. Love you, Ellie. Uh, that's what happened in the, the year he made it. Right. So it was a real like random put together team. They all like, nah, they're not going to win, blah, blah, blah. Well, they smashed it, didn't they? Of course they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. And I just, I feel more inspired by the Queensland team list. Yeah, but is that because... Mate, because we <laughs> no, love Harry no, Grant. <laughs> no, but but honestly, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just, I mean, I want to believe in a Cleary Luai combo at a Origin level. I think it's going to be cool believe to see them. I, I'm excited to see them at and that I think, level. I think Nathan is a, is a he's a phenomenal player. I think the two of them together, they're they're great. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they look like outside of a Pan- Panthers outfit. Like yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I just – and it's nice to have Trell back. Got to say, it's really nice to have Latrell back in the centres. Yeah. Trell and Tommy Turbo in the centres. Oh, killer, Tommy Turbo, Killer, man. killer, killer. But I don't know, man. I, I'm just interested. I, I just I, – I think the it's first for me – The first game will tell a lot because yeah. if they can hold their own and, and prove themselves, then we'll be like, well, if the ground it, Hey, if matter. the Blues win in Townsville, we'll win the series. Yeah, okay. So that's your call. That's my call. Okay. Go, G. I don't disagree. I think you might be onto something there, Marley. If they do win in Townsville, it'll be hard for Queensland to redeem themselves. But I just think if there's ever going to be a significant home ground advantage, Origin is it. And look, to be fair, we have to acknowledge that up until a handful of years ago, it did go year for year two in Sydney, one in Brisbane. So this isn't new. It's happened before. It's just that the players over probably the current playing cohort have been in the generation where they've always had a neutral third game ground. But I think if there's ever a home ground advantage, it comes around at the time of year state of origin. Like the, one of the first sayings I remember hearing was like Queensland players, cause they used to catch the bus down Caxton street before going to Suncorp. And Billy would always be like, you get off that bus feeling 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Like, Suncorp is a coliseum. Like, I don't think there's any question over the home ground advantage when it comes to state of origin because it is such a divisive game and there's no, like, no one sits on the fence with origin. Like, everyone is either Queensland or New South Wales and I think that if the home ground advantage is ever going to come into play, it's going to be at the origin time. So You're right, you're right. I I was going to say that as well, how it used to be, like, alternate years of Sydney, Sydney, whatever, Queensland, Queensland. Um, I've been in Caxton on Origin and it's insane. It's actually insane. It's hilarious. Everyone's just giving it to each other. Um, But holy moly, there was that year, I can't remember the year, um, I was with Ellie Coyne, I was with the Coins, and I went up and watched game three. It was one all. And that's the year that Queens and New South Wales were supposed to win. Queensland came out and won like 50 to something. Do you remember that year? Yeah, it was – And then, yeah. It was, and you met Carl Barron, which is the best thing I ever. met Carl Barron and it was amazing. But, yeah. So, mm, well, guess what? I'm see. excited. I do love Origin. Oh, I love that it's man. back in winter. I didn't like it at the end of the season last year. I, I didn't even watch it. It feels normal now yeah. that it's in the cold. I'm excited. Also, on the back of this chat, I just wanted to add in that the Women's Origin is going to be on June 25th. It's Friday night, uh, just before uh, Game 2, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky enough that – a lot of our girls in the Harvey Norman women's Sharks team got selected. 
I chatted to a few of them tonight. We're definitely going to get them on to have a chat um, leading into that and also just talking about women's rugby league. So that's very exciting. Get around the gals. We might try and get to the game. Yeah, we're going to try and get to the game, but yeah. It'll be on the sunny coast. We'll definitely chat to them. And then just because I need to mention it now because it's State of Origin chat, Touch Footy State of Origin's on in three weeks and we'll be getting two sisters who are guns on to chat. You. Danny and Shelly Davis. <laughs> oh my God, Danny Davis. I'm finally going to get to meet Danny Davis. Yeah. Keely loves Danny Davis. So anyway, I've heard about it for years. I'm so fine. excited. We're moving on. And to wrap up around the grounds for this, our 13th episode, uh, Keely and I are very, very excited because we are taking full advantage of the trans-Tasman bubble that's currently happening between Australia and New Zealand. And we are heading across the ditch tomorrow for a little holiday. Well, you are. Oh, yeah, you're coming on Saturday, aren't yeah. you? Well, I'm going tomorrow. Keely's coming I've later. I've got work. Yeah, see, like how we talked before about our work, I'm my boss, so I'm giving myself a few days off. I have a normal job, so I have to get time off. So, yeah, we're going to New Zealand. We're going to Queenstown. It's going to be a grand old time. It's going to be very cold. But in the process of packing and planning for this holiday, uh, we had the thought that it would be great to ask the question, what are our favourite rivalries in sport, where it is Australia versus New Zealand. Shotgun going first. Because I think we're going to have the same one. Yeah, by shotgun. And just so you know, you always have to respect the shotgun rule. Just okay. so you know. Okay. Keely, go on then. Uh, duh, the netball. Yeah. Yes. Diamonds v Ferns. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Every day of the week. Like, intense. Always like one or two goals. Crazy. Best of the best. Go to the Aussies. <laughs> Gma. The blood is so cup, surely. I mean, not that it's been very competitive in the past few years. The All Blacks have um, well and truly got the upper hand on the poor Wallabies in the past, well, decade. But still a good rivalry, I reckon. Still one of, still one of the bigger ones. Yeah, hundred percent. I, no, 100%. I rugby union. yeah, yeah. Sorry, rugby union. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. That was yeah. that would have been my second one. Yeah, because even so. growing up, going through school, and we didn't watch rugby union a lot growing up. No. But that was always one that I was like interested in. Yeah, that I mean, and everyone would just tune in for the hucker beforehand. Oh my gosh, amazing! I, I love when we play New Zealand. Yeah, just in for anything. Yeah. like just for the hucker, and the, it's like such a beautiful thing. I yeah, I. Growing up, always used to go to the test matches between the Ferns and the Diamonds. Um, those were like before Suncourt Super Neville was yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah, those were the big games that everyone went oh, to at Ace so Arena cool. yeah, in Sydney. They were the best. And it just is that that real pride. And even when we had Jamie Lee Price on for our halftime huddle a few weeks back and she was talking about how you just want to beat New Zealand. Yeah. Like you just want to. Out of every Australian World Cup team, netball's won the most. Did you know that? That's a fun fact. Of, of any, any sport. So we've got the – like netball's got the most for Australia. So and, and people don't know that. I Okay, so we do fun facts at the physio clinic mm-hmm. and I wrote this one. Like that was my trivia question. And people actually said like hockey, which I was like fair enough. Like we're good, yeah. we're good at hockey. And can I also say Australia versus New Zealand in the hockey? I watched an Australia versus New Zealand hockey game at the Glasgow – Commonwealth wow, Games cool. in 2014, yeah. and it yeah. was very intense. Both the women's and men's. Yeah, it's a very intense. Well, a lot thing. of people said hockey, which I was like, fair, good chat, but yeah, netball. Yeah, how good. Love so that. We're we're dominant. Love that for us. Jim, other moments kind of gone now, but I was just going to say, like, regardless of what rivalry it is or what sport you follow or whatever, like 
the All Blacks are just one of the most ultimate sporting organisations in the world. Like, I don't think you can look past them at, for entertainment value in terms of, like, the aura around the team. Like, they're just every, – they're, like, Chicago Bulls of the 90s, you know, Lakers of the early 2000s, like – America in swimming. They're like of all of the auras around teams. Like they're just insane. Did you say America in swimming? Well, I meant Phelps, but like, you know. Okay. Because I was going to be like, like oh, I think that's America our thing. And, yeah. That's our, I mean, it was our thing. I think we're coming back to our glory days. Do you guys have a favorite Kiwi athlete? Oh, I know who yours is. Sonny Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, He's in Queenstown, guys. Manifest. Richie McCaw, the goat on the All Blacks train, like he's just insane. And did Richie McCaw did he write a book or about the All Blacks culture or a, a documentary series? There was something that he did a couple of years ago. Tell me what this was. Yeah, wrote a book. I think there's a few about the All Blacks, but he he wrote one called the Jersey, or maybe the Jersey is the one just about the All Blacks. Either way, he has a book. It's phenomenal. I've read it. Because I think I've had it recommended to me before as like a really incredible kind of story of yeah, building a culture and things like that. Anyway, I'm excited for um, New Zealand. If anyone has any recommendations while we're over, we're going to be in the South Island. Slide into the DMs. And this brings us to our final segment, our ones to watch, where we recommend something to wrap your eyes around. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For, for the week ahead. Descriptive. Yeah. Really showing your rider trade. Thanks. Keely Silver. Oh, me. Okay. What is your one to watch? Uh, mine comes from a good friend from school, Nick McLaughlin. Shout out to him. He's a loyal listener. Him and his mum caught up on all the episodes on a drive back. Yes, mum. Yeah, she's great. Um, anyway, so he sent this in to me. He's like, I've got a great one to watch for the pod. This weekend is the start of the second stage of the SAIL GP where Australia are reigning champs. And he said, I think it would be a good follow-on because it's like Formula One but on water. So it's like the equivalent of that high level, top of the top, and Oz are the reigning champs, which is so exciting. Um, It's in Italy. It's all the best sailors in the world, racing boats that sit up on hydrofoils and go 80 kilometres per hour, which is pretty cool. Um, the The current countries are Australia, Great Britain, USA, Japan, Denmark, Spain, New Zealand, and France. Um, and the Aussie team, shout out to the captain. His name is Tom Slingsby. And uh, the first female in the Australian team is in this current team, and her name is Nina Curtis. So shout out to her. Cool. Um, she hasn't officially raced yet. Was going to have to go through so much training, but she should be on board soon, which is really cool. And he was like, I'm a big fan of weird sports. I was like, nah, totally back this. I know that he did a bit of sailing back in the day. Um, but he said, yep, you can watch it on Fox or KO. Um, or the replays are on YouTube. So, yeah, obviously not your typical sport, but I think this is really cool. Get around it. It's what? cool. No, it's cool. <laughs> G-ma. <laughs> um, very topical today. A, State of Origin, tune in, get behind Harry Grant and the Maroons, or if you're a Silver fan, get behind the Blues, whatever you're feeling. Um, but also I, I will recommend the jersey now that we've spoken about it. I would say the um, – can see the girls whispering about something on their side of the Zoom and I don't know what it is. But go and read the jersey, which is the book about the All Blacks. It's phenomenal. Watch State of Origin next week. And also I feel like I need to add on the cheese. has to be one of my favourite Kiwi athletes. I'll get in trouble if I don't say that. 
Oh my okay. god! To Absolutely. Be fair, to be fair, I was going to say, but I thought you guys were going to laugh at me. <laughs> oh my god! No, I take it all back. I was going to go Brandon the Smith. <laughs> um, okay, just quietly, Miss Queenslander and friends of Storm, you forgot a few players. You're just going to shout out Harry. It's pretty slack. No, well, obviously there's like Josh and Welchie and everyone, but Harry's my roommate. Like, surely. Anyway, cool. I'm excited for Origin. I'm very excited. My one to watch is, if you don't know, uh, Uninterrupted is a an, a project that LeBron James and Maverick Carter created. It's really um, amazing. Like, first of all, just go follow them on Instagram right now. They produce so much cool content. Um, but they also have a show called The Shop uh, that's on HBO in the state. So it is a bit difficult to try and like find and watch, but that's what I'm recommending that you try and get around um, this week. I have always seen clips from The Shop, which is essentially set in a barber shop, and um, there's all these like incredible stars who come in and just have like yarns about stuff. And so, of course, it's going to be amazing because it's LeBron. And, like, he's done episodes with Barack Obama before. Like, Drake's been on there. Like, every person who is cool on earth has basically been on there. Um, And season four just came out in the States last week. And in that first episode, they had Jay-Z, a rapper and songwriter called Bad Bunny, who I'm not familiar with at all, but that guy. WNBA superstar Neka Ogwamike and market, marketing executive Paul Rivera, they all come in and have this conversation in the barber shop and, like, LeBron actually, like, gets a haircut and stuff. Like, it's really cool. It's yeah. such a cool concept. And I think because in um, they situate it in that kind of context because in, in African-American culture, like, the barber shop is, like, a really, like, special place yeah. um, for these sorts of conversations. But yeah. And I think in a lot of cultures, actually, like, that, that's when a place you get where haircut, you let, um, out, you let everything Anyway, out so in, the, in this first episode, they talk about confidence on the big stage, parenthood, and WrestleMania, right? So there's, like, a lot of different things in there. I found it difficult to find the whole episode in Australia because there's, like, all, obviously all those, like, geolocation kind of limitations, whatever. But... If you go to um, Uninterrupted on Instagram, you can catch little clips. The coolest one was Jay-Z telling a story about um, the late, great DMX and going on after him at a festival and, like, this, he tells this whole story. Go check it out. It's so, so cool and it's, like, that crossover of, like, athletes and music and awesomeness. So get around it. And that brings us to the end of this Chicks and Balls, the podcast, episode 13 Wow, wow. We're really getting along. We became teenagers. We're not teenagers. We're going to get hormonal and angsty. Why did you need to make that comment? You're so weird sometimes. (laughs) Like, why is that what you associate with it? Why can't you just go, yeah, teenagers, you? Okay, I'm just. Are you okay? No. I was, I'm trying to reclaim my youth because I was hungover until two hours ago. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Um, if you've stuck around this long, thanks when, so much. Because you've stuck around this long, you got to. I told you, I spoke to you about this. I know. I that's why you said it again. Positive. If you are listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. If it is Apple Podcasts where you're listening, hit subscribe. Give us five stars if you are loving it. Leave a review even. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. 
make sure if you've got any thoughts, feelings, or whatever's throughout the week when it comes to sport, get in those DMs. Keep Let us up know. the DMs. We're, we're yeah. loving it. Loving chatting with you guys, honestly. Yeah. So it's great. Good. And it like things that we may miss. That's what we you guys are keeping us up to date and telling us what you want to hear. So I love it. Um, yeah. And also, just on the back of um, the mental health chat, if you're going to do something today, check up on your mates. Um, ask them if they're doing all right. I think it's important to remember that. Just wanted to add that in. That was really nice and wholesome of you, Keely. Thanks. All right. Well, catch you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next week. See Oh, We'll speak to you next week. Oh, wow. I forget that people can't see me. All righty. Have a great week. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. See ya. See ya. I edit this, so I'll be the last. I know, you little bitch. I heard the last one too. (laughs) I listened to the very end and I was like, you little bitch.